Hello, welcome back to Content Rookie. This is the last episode this year. I'm actually really happy that I'm getting a bit of a break. Um, this year we had quite a lot of episodes, not as many as last year, but I hope still enough for you to enjoy the podcast. I wanted to thank everyone specifically that reached out to me after their Spotify wrapped, telling me that I was on their top podcast list. I really appreciated that. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone that has been sharing and sending in requests for new topics. Today we have a really exciting guest, my friend Aladrian. She's going to talk a little bit to us about how to partner up with other people that you're working with on content, her experience working on content. We're going to talk a little bit about creating content guidelines and who benefits from them and creating value for the company that you work for as a content designer, but also for the community, the wider design community. And I'm obviously really excited about this episode. Elegion is great and I hope you enjoy it too. And then I wish you happy holidays days after and I hope to see you again in the new year. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Content Rookie. Welcome to the podcast, Aladrian. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and how you ended up in content design. What's up, Content Rookie? Nicole, Yay. so good to hear you. Um, it's been a while since we've been in these clubhouse streets, um, but excited to be officially on the podcast. Uh, like you said, my name is Aladrian Goods, and I am a senior content designer uh, currently at Intuit, and um, originally from sunny Southern California. Uh, my background is in, I guess, marketing and some, like marketing events, as well as like customer success and customer experience. And the way I got into content design is uh, a bit of a long story, but I'll try to keep it like concise. Uh, and maybe we can jump into some of the details um, throughout the conversation. Does Go ahead. Great. Go ahead. All right. Perfect. So, um, so let's see. Uh, so graduated from UC Santa Barbara with my degree in communication. Always had this real passion for technology and people. But you know, I always thought of design as this sort of like coding, like you had to like know front end development, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, all that stuff in order to be a designer. Right. Tried it, hated it. So decided that I would just, you know, be the people person or work in marketing within the tech company. So my first job out of college was a marketing events coordinator for uh, a cloud computing startup in Santa Barbara. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, did events like all around the world, but ended up like leaving that job and taking on the startup project with some friends that failed miserably, moved <laughs> to Los Angeles. Um, was a, like worked at a couple more startups, did a bunch of different marketing stuff from like digital marketing to content marketing, email marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then after like getting laid off of uh, another um, another job in in LA, you know, my aunt was like, "Hey, I love you, love your aspiration, love your ambition, but I didn't, you know, think to live with two adults." in my retirement. <laughs> so she graciously like kicked me out. Um, and this is like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here rent free. So that was kind of the catalyst to me moving to, to Texas and really starting over. Right? right. So moved to this new, new space. Um, no, really didn't know anyone, uh, really didn't have any like opportunities lined up for me, but my uncle, you know, was gracious enough to allow me to live there. 
Um, but he told me I had to get a real job, not the millennial BS that I called work. <laughs> so ended up getting like not one, not two, but three part-time jobs, like as a grocery store clerk, as a like uh, customer care agent in the basement of um, J.C. Penney. And I helped open up the Fans United um, Pro Shop for the Dallas Cowboys. And in working like those three like terrible jobs, um, I was like, I, I have to like figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, so did like any millennial would do, went to the internet, found a quiz, took the quiz and UX design was at the top of the quiz. And that was the point where I actually had the language for the things that I had been trying to do and um, all of my previous endeavors. Um, and I think the rest was history. Now getting into like content design specifically, um, all full transparency, like I didn't really know what content design was until I was applying for my first job at Intuit. Um, and by that time I was able to like quit those three part-time jobs, got a full-time working at uh, Toyota Lexus in the Lexus Guest Experience Center and was able to do digital communications for them, which is basically taking like the Lexus voice and tone and translating, um, messages to customers via email chat or social media um into that voice and tone so um taking that sort of writing background kind of mixed marketing and and customer experience then you know getting my ux design certification kind of mashed together and then into it having an opening for a content designer uh kind of is how i got my start <laughs> in the um content design world Great. I mean, I, I didn't know most of this, so this is super interesting. I actually didn't know that we have quite a lot in common. First of all, my background is also marketing. And second of all, I okay. also mainly worked in startups, a lot of them which failed. So I think this is yep. really nice to know that you also come from that background. And I would say it's probably one of the reasons why we're pretty good at hustling. <laughs> oh, 100%. Like, I think it's such a such the hustle to just try to figure it out. And then I think a lot, like with marketing events specifically, yeah. like we'll have a budget um but the budget's never big enough you know exactly. what i mean so it's just like how do you do a lot with a little bit of resource and make it fun and engaging yeah uh, for folks too yeah you got to make it work so i'm wondering like you kind of went into this already a little bit but like w once you started working at intuit how did you establish yourself as a content designer like how did you grow more and more into that role because now you're like pretty mm -hmm. big in the field yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I didn't mean to say, yeah, like, yeah, I'm a big deal, but like, yeah, you are. Like, no, it's, this is a, this is a great, <laughs> a great question. A great question. I think for me, um, it was pretty rocky at the start. I'm not going to lie. Like I was coming in a lot of potential, a lot of energy, but I was the first product content designer, uh, for the team and for the business unit, uh, that I had, you know, gotten hired into. So there was so much work to do, and everyone knew they needed a content designer, but not everyone knew how, you know, to work with me. And because this was my initial, you know, time in this role, I didn't necessarily know how to, you know, tell people <laughs> to work with me. So I think the first, the first thing um, that, you know, kind of really helped me kind of get my footing is being connected <laughs> to other content designers yeah. and just sharing like, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. Talk to me about, you know, your processes and procedures. Like, how do you 
uh, prioritize work and how do you like organize all these requests and getting inundated with Slack messages, like all these things. So I think Intuit, the content design community that Intuit is super supportive um, and I'm super grateful to be a part of that. So um, was able to kind of ask questions and um, get feedback that way. But I think the second thing was building relationships with the product managers, the product right. designers um, in the organization and setting up one-on-ones just to kind of get to know them as people. Um, and that helped. But the first three months was really me just like figuring out how to ice skate, if that makes sense. So like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, okay, cool. I got the shoes on. I got them strapped up. I'm trying to step on the ice, but I still very much needed those, um, the sort of like walkers um, to kind of get, get my bearings. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. I think it's pretty interesting because I've been reflecting on this a little bit and I feel like as a content designer, you can do like one of two things when you start a new job. Like number one is really partnering closely with the content designers that are already there and trying to understand like mm -hmm. their work processes and how they approach things and trying to essentially adjust how you work on things to that. Or number two, and this is the way that I've come to prefer lately, you come in, mm -hmm full confidence and just essentially of course still listen to the others but still also from the beginning really try to introduce your own like ways of working and processes and um in my opinion it's it's interesting because it disrupts work streams a little bit in the beginning but i mm -hmm. feel like work picks up much faster than mm -hmm. when i come in and i try to adjust a lot or i i, I try to to match too closely how things are already working and i specifically mm -hmm. have recognized this when i've been working with like bigger organizations that already have a lot of content folks that i feel mm -hmm. like sometimes it's good to come in and blow up the processes a little bit <laughs> but you know yeah, probably no, a little controversial because i was trying to be in the scrum meeting every morning and i just did not get energy from it right. and i had way more questions that were, you know, that was the appropriate time to be asking about questions like scrum meetings yeah. were supposed to be just quick kind of check-ins and they sometimes would turn into like 45 minute discussions right. because I had more questions and answers and also just didn't know that that wasn't the, you know, op the proper venue for yeah. those questions so no I, I definitely definitely agree with what you're saying i think that's a really good point i i have this as well i usually get invited to stand-ups or similar meetings like that and it doesn't feel like the right time to ask the questions that i have and then uh, it can mm -hmm. be super tricky to to develop like other routines to to make that possible so um mm -hmm. i definitely think it's one of my my interesting parts of the job where I feel like I actually enjoy figuring out like how do I get this information without you know spamming mm -hmm. people's calendars or slacks or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper into you mentioned a little bit for you success was a lot about partnering with the product managers so I'm wondering mm -hmm. in general partnering with stakeholders like in quotation marks like outside of content how mm -hmm. how did you set that up? Are there any tips you have for the listeners where you feel like this is something you should really think about maybe when you're starting a new job or when you want to level up as a content designer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a this is a really good question. I think you know one thing is is really it's really relationship based and really getting to understand like what are their goals and what are their uh, plans for the like present term. Um, so like, Hey, what's going on in this sprint? Can you talk to me about like what the priorities are, et cetera, but also like understanding like what's going on for the quarter, what's going on for the year. 
So you have that context as a content designer um, to be able to say like, okay, uh, this sounds really interesting. It sounds like content may have a lot of, you know, in, influence or impact for these specific, um, these specific, specific initiatives. So you can plan ahead with the product manager, like, okay, cool. Who is the designer working on this? I need mm. to be looped in, um, to this, um, et cetera. So like, I think having those initial, you know, conversations, I think setting up a weekly one-on-one is a, is a tangible thing you can do with your product, product manager, um, or even your designer as well. And have candid conversations, um, to really try to understand like what, what their, their, their plans are, what their goals are, and then, you know, find opportunities where content fits in, uh, so they can understand like what's expected um from you and it's not sort of the afterthought right I, I think that's some really good advice because I also agree that in content design you often have to figure out how you can add more content design work to a roadmap that already probably exists so it's a lot about really mm -hmm. like talking to people and f figuring out where there's some things where I can maybe easily or like with a lot of without a lot of um extra workload for the other people involved maybe make something happen mm -hmm. so um yeah mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about content guidelines because you've been sharing some great yes. stuff there and I know Intuit has like is basically one of the companies that is really rocking our world with their content guidelines. So I'm wondering if you want to share a little bit about the process of creating those guidelines and actually making those a priority, maybe within the company to, to invest resources in. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, so you know, I've, I feel lucky to be at Intuit and have such a, a robust content de design system and style guide. Uh, available. So shout out to Jen Schmick. I think she's at Spotify now, um, yeah. as well as uh, Michael Haggerty Via, who now d is doing like content and design systems at Compass. Um, so I know those two folks were really uh, essential in getting the first versions of the Intuit con content design and style guide um, up and running. So as well as like Tina O'Shea, like there's so many people I can possibly name from the Intuit uh, content design team um, who really helped make, bring that together. But I think what one thing it really does is it one establishes us as a discipline within our design team. So like having a core place where content designers, designers, product managers, developers, anyone can go to see like, okay, what is content design? What's our voice and tone for right. Intuit across our products? What words do we use? What words don't we use and why? And get tangible examples. So, you know, it's, it kind of solidifies like, okay, cool. This is a real thing. There's people thinking about this. Uh, I can use this as a resource. And then the second thing um, is it's about scale. So mm -hmm. it allows us to scale content design across the ecosystem and get free up like the the mental like minutia uh for content designers to think about like oh man should i use sentence case or is it is it um title case for example that's something we kind of laugh and talk about all the time but it's in the style guide right right and um i think you know when it comes to creating guidelines sometimes it's it's just a 
a matter of you see there's a there's a potential problem um like for example like uh we did this new um notifications platform release earlier this year and we realized there the notification principles were kind of out of date so myself and two other content designers kind of we're solving this in different ways and in our own different business units, but we came together to say like, all right, well, let's actually refresh these together and get feedback from other content designers across the ecosystem and see if we can create something that uh, broadly captures everyone's use case and could be sort of guiding principles for um, anyone who's writing. So sometimes it starts with a a problem. and then you start to find the folks who are kind of care about this as well. And then you basically, it's like a design process. You like, all right, here's the first version. Let's get some customer feedback from other content designers. Let's iterate, share again, iterate, share again. And then the last thing is presenting to the internal style council to get it approved to be in the content design system. Cool. Can I ask how long approximately this entire process kind of took for you at Intuit? For example, let's say getting those inclusive writing guidelines online. Yeah, that is a great question. I think it was at least like six months because there was a lot of information gathering up front. Um, and we were all trying to just figure out like what it is that we actually wanted to do. Um, and yeah, I think it, I think it took like, it took a good six months to, to figure, figure that out. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we also did, we also, oh, sorry. And then I also did like some card sorting to, you know, validate them with our, um, customers when it came to like priority and criticality, right. you know, so taking in the time for, for research. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's probably a good six months. Cool. Thank you so much. I, I think this is so interesting. I'm currently trying to do something similar and looking at into it a lot for inspiration. Mm-hmm. So hopefully <laughs> I'll be able or we'll be okay, able to nail it. Now that we have Jen, I feel very confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Um, but I'm gonna like move a little bit from the heavier topics now and like do a couple of more fun topics, maybe also for the listeners who aren't in content design yet, but are curious about it. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is creating value for your company, like at your current job versus creating value for the wider design community, which I know you've done both really well i'm trying to do both and it's a struggle because it's a lot of work but i wonder how you balance the two um how do you look at it when you're like you know maybe doing your vision for the next year and what your goals are in regards to your career yeah this is such a great question um hmm. so value for the company i think that's by just kind of being myself, advocating for different folks, their diverse talent to come in to the company or even just into the uh, field period, right. um, I think is there. And then also just, I feel like content designers are uniquely positioned to be connectors within um, the organization. So leaning into that um, and not being afraid to say, 
hey, this sounds really familiar to what this person is doing over here. And I think content could, you know, bridge the gap there. So I think that's that's a lot of value um, I bring to the company outside of, you know, writing, you know, and then, you know, writing for the product as well as writing for um, new features, experiences and all that stuff. Yes, there's business value there. But I think the value that I really bring is the relationships and the way people are actually working differently and working together. That is kind of accelerating a lot of the the business results. Um, And then when thinking about like the content uh, community or design community as a whole, I'm just kind of using my voice and using my story to inspire others and to just kind of share what I know versus kind of hold it close to the chest because uh, I don't know if anyone, you know, if we if we win uh, that way. Um, and yeah, I think we, did you ask about inspiration for next year? For example, how you how you look at how am I looking out for next year? I think for me next year, um, I'll be moving into a, a new role at Intuit. And it'll be a little bit different than um, the work that I'm kind of kind of doing. So I'm still trying to unpack what that actually looks like for right. me. Um, but I think it's still like I guess my core values are fun, freedom, and impact. <laughs> so I'm always trying to move move from that place. Like how how can we have fun, make people feel you know comfortable being who they are, and in these design spaces. How do we have freedom to explore what's possible and the freedom to fail or learn from, from those explorations? And then, you know, impact. Like, how are we, we changing the world for the better um, and creating more opportunities for um, folks to get into design? So that's, that's kind of my gauge or my radar. Uh, but sorry, I don't have like a vision for 2022 yet. No, I, I love that. And like, again, I'm starting to feel like you're maybe my spirit animal because every time I do a values <laughs> exercise, my top values are always freedom and impact. And I've never actually met anyone that has those as their top values. Like most people have something like, you know, family or like much more cozy things. <laughs> but like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like in order to like really value freedom and impact, you need to have like a, like we talked about earlier, you need to be a little bit of a hustler <laughs> and want to work hard as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. I have one last question for you. Um, so you talked a, mm-hmm. a little bit in the beginning of the episode about how you found out about UX as a field and how you got interested in it. But I'm curious to know, like, mm-hmm. did you do any formal UX training or like what did you do to actually like land a job in the field? Absolutely. So I did end up getting a UX certification with Career Foundry mm-hmm. um, and also tutored for them for like the last year, year and a half. Um, so that was kind of cool to be able to give that to the design community um, uh, in that way, too. Um, but, yeah, so like I did the official UX design certification. It took about 10 months for me to complete. And that, you know, that was the, it was hard, but it was also the easy part about getting into design. The next was the hustle, right? Like, so right. going to meetups, asking questions, talking to folks who would give me the time of day and then asking them to refer me to more folks and just really trying to understand 
the field, understand the language folks are using, and be able to translate my skills from um, working in marketing or working in events to the UX field um, was was really what helped me uh, get a job. And then for Intuit, honestly, it just felt like right time, right place, right person. Right. Yeah, I think that's super interesting that you're sharing that because I'm always curious because I feel like like I'm, I always feel weird about saying this, but I have like absolutely zero formal training in UX. <laughs> like <Nice. laughs> I was literally working as a content marketer and copywriter and just noticed that more and more of the work I was doing was actually UX work. And then kind of on the side mm-hmm. started like reading up a lot more on stuff and following people and folks in the field. Um, and I think mm-hmm. by that, I kind of like worked out up the work I was doing and the portfolio pieces I was able to show to a point where apparently people started hiring me <laughs> for UX. But um, <laughs> I think it's so important to talk about like how you got into it, how I got into it from different backgrounds, because people really still feel like there's a lot of gatekeeping going on and you, you, you need very specific backgrounds to, to even get into content design. And I just always like to say, no, mm-hmm. you do not. You can get into it if you're into it. (laughs) I think content design has like the widest variety of folks. I know there's folks who came from like architecture or anthropology or, um, you know, some people, like I know someone at Intuit who was a teacher and now works in content design. So I think, you know, it's it's a possibility, but it's also a hustle. Yeah. Um, as well. I totally agree. I was just this week uh, coaching a, a bunch of front-end developers that wanted to get into content mm. design. That was also super interesting to kind of come from from that perspective. Mm. So yeah, I, I love that about about the field that, that people are coming from all kinds of different places. So to everyone that's listening that is curious about getting into UX design, um, you can do it. <laughs> Start following a couple of people, see what they did, see what they're talking about, and you'll figure out your path. Absolutely. Yeah, and ask thoughtful questions. Like I think that's really, yeah. really interesting. Don't ask things that are already Googleable. Exactly. And don't be afraid to reach out to people. I mean, I keep saying this and then I feel bad because usually then I have to reply to people that I actually don't have the time to help them because <laughs> I get a lot of messages. But do keep reaching out to people. You can also reach out to me. I'll probably forward you to someone else because um, right now I don't have the capacity. But there's so many great people in the field. Most of them are super helpful. Um, there's people that are mentoring and coaching for free and that are like sharing really good stuff on the regular. So don't be afraid to ask mm-hmm. Absolutely. I share good stuff from time to time, but usually my Twitter is just a random array of my thoughts and <laughs> events and just Laker tweets. So I've actually been really <laughs> careful with my Twitter. I just updated my bio yesterday to say my opinions are more controversial in real life because I'm really trying <laughs> to not get canceled for saying very content design <laughs> controversial things. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Aladrin, thank that. you so much for joining the podcast. Really enjoyed this time with you. I hope you have a great holiday break and maybe I'll see you soon you. for another episode next year. Yeah, absolutely. I got some new updates. So, so coming in 2022. So maybe Yay. we'll be like, where are they now? Or exactly. <laughs> recap. For exactly. Okay, when, well, when thank you... you for having me, Nicole. Perfect. Thank you so much. Bye bye. And that was it. 
for 2021's last episode of Content Rookie. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It definitely gave me some energy. Um, as usual, uh, you'll find Aladrian's details in the info box, so feel free to connect with her. You'll find my information if you want to connect with me, and I hope that you'll listen in again next year. Thank you so much. This was Content Rookie, and I'm Nicole. Bye-bye. <laughs>